Good morning. Open your Bibles with me to Romans, please. The book of Romans. And we're going to be in chapter number 13. Romans chapter number 13. What a great crowd we have on this holiday weekend and uh, Independence Day today. And we're so thankful for our country. We're so thankful for God's blessing upon our nation. And uh, we ought to praise him and thank him uh, for that. And so we're glad that you're here. I know a lot of our church family is traveling on vacations, and I'm glad they're on vacation because there would be no place for them to sit if they're here in this service today. And so uh, come back next week. We'll add some more chairs and we'll get everything all situated. Romans chapter 13, and we're going to be in verse number 11 here this morning down through the end of the chapter, Romans 13, 11 through 14 on April 18th, 1775, the British brought ships and troops into Boston. The plan was at night when everyone was sleeping to cross the river and attack two cities, Concord and Lexington. How many of you remember that story in history class? How many of you were sleeping through history class? Yeah. There was a man by the name of Paul Revere. Paul Revere, he saw that the British were uh, aligning themselves to attack. He, he got on his horse, began to cry across the villages and the landscape there of that time, wake up, wake up, the British are coming, the British are coming. Now, how many of you remember that story in history class? The British are coming, the British are coming. And it was this hero, this hero that we, all these generations later, we hear of this man and his, his cry, wake up, wake up, the British are coming. He was a hero. And the reason why this man's name we all remember and we all learn about is because he warned his countrymen to wake up. The enemy was coming. Wake up. The enemy is coming. Well, church, there's also a spiritual war taking place in our nation today. It's an invisible enemy. And we must pray that there is a warning call to our people in this land today to wake up, to wake up. The enemy is coming before it's too late. Go with me to Romans chapter number 13, if you would, please. Romans chapter 13. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 11. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when, it was when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envy. But Paul writes, put, on the, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is an interesting passage of Scripture. The author of the book of Romans is writing and telling the church to wake up. And that, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, 
the author here is saying to these Christians here at Rome to wake up the time of waking, the time that Jesus Christ is coming. It's time for us to put away anything that would cause us to, to, to not be focused upon Christ, to wake up. And he tells us how to walk. And let's pray together today. And I want to ask the Lord to bless this message as we look at his word, and I pray that we'd be challenged from it. Father in heaven, today we pray. I pray that you would help us today. Well, Lord, we do celebrate uh, a wonderful nation, our freedoms, our liberties. We celebrate, Lord, as we celebrate this weekend, the 4th of July or Independence Day, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We know that any freedoms that we have are because of you. We know any greatness that this nation has had or ever will have, it's because of your hand. It's because of your blessing. And Lord, we know that all good things, all good gifts come from you. And so Lord, we do want to thank you and we do praise you. But Lord, there's a great warning that Paul gives. There's a great warning, Lord, to wake up and a great warning for the church and so, Lord, I pray that you would shake us today. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us today. Lord, we have fallen asleep. Lord, for some, our focus has not been where it needs to be. We've got entangled with the things of this world. Lord, our emotions, some for us, our emotions have bothered us or frustrating us. There's problems, Lord, in our life that has caused our focus to be on the problem and not on you. Lord, there's some, Lord, that we um, are living in sin. Lord, it's time for us, Lord, we know to wake up. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would encourage many in this room. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen many in this room. And Lord, if you need to convict, I pray that you convict. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would have free reign here in our hearts, in every place here today. Lord, we want Christ to be glorified. We want Christ to be honored. So we ask you to do what only you can do here in this place. And we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I know that you would agree with this, but we are in a moral free fall in our country. I was reading an article this past week, and they said this, satanic worship is on the rise. Satanism. Selling and giving your soul to the devil. Atheism is on the rise. I thought that was interesting. Satanism and atheism in our country are the things that are on the rise, that many people are, are walking away from maybe what their parents had taught them, what they grew up in. Many are walking away in trying something different or something new. As Satan, Satanism and atheism is on the rise, so is communism and socialism. And that is this, the state is God. There is no God, there is no greater being, there is no creator of this universe. The state is God. It's an anti-Bible. It's against God and his laws. 
There's anarchy in our land, and the alarm is sounding in America. And we need, we need more than ever, I believe as Paul is writing here, it is time for us to wake up. It's high time to awake. In our schools today, where prayer and Bible reading, matter of fact, there's some that now teachers that are, are suspended and teachers that are, are disciplined for, for even recommending prayer or recommending any of their Christian beliefs or talking about those to a student in the same schools. They can talk about condoms. They can talk about sexual orientation. I've heard a, a parent this last couple weeks had shared with me in their school, they were teaching children how to have the conversation or how to have discourse in conversation with their soon-to-be sexual partner of what they like and what they don't like, and we're teaching that in our schools today to our children. And my friend, that goes against God's laws. The alarm is sounding in America. There's anarchy, there's apostasy in our churches. I just... Someone sent me an article this past week, a mainline denomination has voted to allow same-sex marriages in their church. Paul says in that, knowing the time that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It now is said six of the largest denominations are considering or have decided it's okay on same-sex marriages. Six of the largest denominations. These are Christian denominations, Christian faith. In Christian churches in America today, large megachurch pastors have gone on record saying they believe that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven, but others are free to believe the way they feel is right. And when asked, how can both be right? The answer was this, God knows the person's heart and God will figure this all out. My friend, that's anti-Bible. Both can't be true. Either the message that we preach that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life is true or it is false. The moderator of the United Church of Canada said this, I don't believe Jesus Christ was God. I don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And I don't believe that he rose from the dead as a scientific fact. No, these aren't atheists. The, these aren't proclaimed uh, Satanists that are saying this. These are supposedly Christian leaders in the church today that are making these claims. I think you'd agree the alarm is sounding in America. There's apathy in the hearts of many believers. And Paul again, he writes, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. What are people excited about? Now, maybe this morning I'm preaching to the choir. I, 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 I'm preaching to a room full of people that made a decision to be in the house of God this morning. And church, I commend you for that. 
but there's not, churches aren't filling up like maybe this church is this morning across this land. Many churches are considering closing their doors. Many churches are wondering what they're going to do next. Many churches are trying to decide what their future is because nothing is exciting the people any longer. The thrills of this world, the lust of the flesh, But the church isn't wondering, God, what are you doing? The church isn't anticipating great miracles by the hand of God. The church isn't witnessing and wanting to see great revivals taking place. Paul says it's high time. The night is far spent. He says in verse number 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. It's later now than you think is what he's saying. It's time. It's, it's, not, it's not time anymore to, 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 to think about it. It's not time anymore to, to consider it. It's past that time. The night is far spent. It's happening today. The enemy is upon us. The enemy is attacking. And it's time that the church wakes up. My girls went to the fireworks last night, uh, I think here in Maumee, a little bit too late for me to go. So their ride came to pick them up, and, and their ride got there about 7 o'clock, and, and uh, none of the girls were around. And, and Chloe came down, and she's not dressed to go. And I said, well, where, where's Lily? She's in the other room. I said, well, where's Kaylee? And Kaylee came down, and she's not dressed to go. And so fellow that came, I said, man, I'm so sorry. I said, they told you to be here at seven o'clock. And he said, yeah, it said seven o'clock. And, and uh, he said, but they did say we probably won't leave till closer to the eight. Well, I said to him, I said, get ready for marriage. It's the same way. <laughs> if you want to leave by eight, tell them you want to leave by seven. That's, that's probably a good plan. But Chloe's sitting there on the floor talking, petting the dog and playing. I said, Chloe, what are you doing? Well, I'm just, and I said, he's sitting right in front of you, waiting for you to go. And she says, I'm just learning how to be a good wife. And I said, no, no, that's not, no, go get dressed, go get ready. It's not time now to get ready. Your ride is here. It's time to go. It's time to get out. It's time to go. There's some that are going to be going to camp this week. And, and, and if we took a poll, how many of them have their bags packed in the car, ready to come to the church this afternoon? Probably most of them would say, I don't need to worry about that. We're not leaving yet. But the bus pulls out about 3.45 today, and there will be some about 3 o'clock trying to get things together because they're running late. And that's where the church is today. The church is falling asleep while the enemy is attacking, while our, uh, the moral compass is spiraling out of control as Satan is, is capturing a stronghold in society today. The church is at sleep, and Paul says the night is far spent. It's later than you think, church. 
you know, we have more opportunities now to preach the gospel, I believe, than in any other generation. This past five months, I've received letters from four of our missionaries that they're coming off the field. In their mission boards that sent their resignation letters, every one of the mission boards that sent the letter informing us of these missionaries coming off, they pleaded, they said, please, please, please pray because there's no one going and taking their place. It's later than we think. Thankfully, we've got missionaries that we've brought in during this past March and we'll be able to replace these missionaries, but these places that these missionaries are leaving from, who's gonna go? Who's going to preach the gospel to this lost and dying world? Paul says this, let's read again in verse number 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It's high time to wake up. Verse number 11 tells us to wake out of sleep. Hear me today, Christian, as we celebrate, as we celebrate our independence, and I believe every, every single one here today ought to celebrate God's blessing, this land, this nation. We can't be comfortable when civilization is crumbling all around us. We can't be comfortable. I'm reminded of Samson. Samson, if you remember the story, Samson was one that, that uh, uh, was just drawn away with his lust. I think about what God had in store for Samson and what God had in store for Israel. God just simply needed a, a judge that would judge his people righteously. His power, his promise was on this man named Samson. And Samson had the strength of God and the power of God. Samson had everything. God gave Samson everything that he would have needed in order to be a judge that would have ruled righteously for Israel. But instead, Samson was drawn away by his lust. And what did Samson get caught doing? He got caught sleeping. And it was in his sleep when they came in and they, they bound him, they, they shaved his head, they cut his hair, and, and he lost his power. And the Bible says that Samson rose out of his sleep. And probably the saddest story of Samson's life is that when he rose out of his sleep, he didn't even realize the power of God he had lost on his life. He slept. The Spirit of God departed. And Samson had no power. No church today, I believe, in many cases, the church, the people of God, they've fallen asleep. 
The Spirit of God has departed. They've lost their power. It's time to wake up. In verse number 12, in verse number 13, he says this, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Paul is reminding them it's time to get right with God. It's time to wake up, church. It's time to get right with God. I wrote an article several Several weeks ago, I guess, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, I wrote an article. I wrote a letter to everyone here in our church asking you to do something. Call your senator, call your congressman, call, call whoever you would call. If it's anybody that would listen to call and, and, and write and, and let, your, let your senators know that we as Christians stand against this Equality Act and, and we, we, we stand opposed to it. And, and the, the newspaper, the press got a hold of that letter and they, they printed that letter. And since that time, since the printing of that letter, in each edition, there's been responses to that letter. There's been responses. One, I just want to read a brief brief portion of this to you. I will agree with Pastor Rands in his belief that we shouldn't need the Equality Act, but it is needed until the day arrives when we all ask the question and honestly live by choosing love and unity through acceptance of all rather than hate and division because of our differences. And she asked this question, what would Jesus do? I just read a portion of this. In this same letter, she accused me of being a hypocrite, telling me that hypocrisy was in fashion then too. And I'll just not take the time to read, but as I was preparing for this message, I was reading through the responses of these and what was interesting, it wasn't the Satanist, it wasn't the atheist that responded to my letter. They were Christians saying that I'm a hypocrite, saying, what would Jesus do? And I know this, Jesus would preach against sin. The Bible tells us here, to put these things away. And, and Paul is writing, and I want you to see here, let us walk honestly as in the day in, in verse number 13, not in rioting and drunkenness. Rioting and drunkenness. Both of those words are words I'm sure that we are familiar with, rioting and drunkenness. Rioting would be going out and, and living a, 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 a rambunctious life. You know, evangelists of yesteryear would go into cities and begin to preach. Bars and nightclubs would close down. The Apostle Paul here says, wake up, wake out of sleep. 
time, night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let's put those things away and let's put on the armor of light. Let's change what we're living. Let's, uh, let us walk honestly in a day, not in riotous. No Christian, no Christian ought to be involved in rioting and drunkenness. No Christian, no Christian ought to be involved in drunkenness, bars and nightclubs and in riotous living. He, he goes on to say this, also put this off, not just riding and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. Now those are words that we don't use today much, if at all. Chambering is this, sexual immorality. Wantonness is, the meaning of that is without shame. Isn't it amazing that sexual immorality is being exposed today and if you preach against it or if you stand against it, you're the one that ought to be shamed? I was reading a, a blog from a pastor. He was asking this question to, in this pastor's forum and he, and he wrote, put, a, put, put his blog in there about it and then said, I would like you guys to comment on this. And he wrote about this. He said, if we're going to preach on sexual purity in the church today, we're going to drive away many people. And as I began to read that article, I thought he's, he's, he's setting us up for something here. He can't be serious. I thought he was just kind of, he was just kind of getting our attention to, to come back around and tell us we ought to stand for biblical values. But no, no, the entire, the entire statement that he made when he was all through, he came to the conclusion that it ought not be, the church doesn't need to stand against fornication. We're never going to reach a generation that's heavily involved in this if we condemn them and judge them before they even hear the message of Christ. Naming sexual sin in culture today is a horrible thing. But I want you to know this, church, sexual, sexual uh, uh, sin, sexual immorality, it's still sin today. Call it old-fashioned. Call it what you will. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality, it's sin today. If it's not preached against in the church, where is the truth going to be heard? There's no shame on sin anymore. There's no shame any longer. Matter of fact, it's celebrated in our land today. There's weeks and there's months now that is celebrating sin in our country today, in our world today. The shame is no longer on those that are involved in sin. The shame is on those who stand opposed to sin and sexual immorality. Those that stand opposed to the things that cause uh, destruction upon a nation. But instead, it ought to be that in the house of God, sin is preached against. I want to say to every single person today, 
that is unmarried today, that it is not a shame, it is not wrong, you have nothing to to feel bad about, you have nothing to, to feel insecure about. If you are not involved in sexual sin today, if you have determined that you are gonna stand pure and you are gonna stand at the altar of marriage pure, then I want you to know that your church stands behind you and supports you. If you're in a marriage relationship today, if you've determined that you're going to stay faithful to your spouse, then your church stands behind you and stands for you. This chambering and wantonness, sexual immorality without shame. And he says this as well, put these away, let us walk honestly. Not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife, and envy. That strife, desire for power. Envy, wanting what others have. He says, put it away. It doesn't belong in the life of a Christian. You see, these are difficult things, and they are difficult things. That's why the author here is saying these things. Church, it's time to wake up. We can't be involved in these things any longer. No Christian should be involved in the things of this world. Why? Because it's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to come. The Christian has to care more about God than he does about himself. The Christian has to care more that destruction and judgment is going to come to this world. And this world has to hear the truth. The Christian has got so selfish in their thinking. The Christian has gotten so selfish in their attitude, in their life, that life has become about us, about what we want and how we want it and when we want it. But, oh, church, hear me today. There's a world that will die and spend eternity without God. They need to hear the gospel message of of Jesus Christ. We must wake up. We can't sit silent. We can't have a heart of apathy. The world needs to hear about Jesus. He says this, it's time also to put on, verse number 14, but put ye on, what? The Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It's time to put on, Christian. It's time to put on Christ. You know, Christ is our direction in life. And we need to follow him. He's the king of our life. He rules over our life. What he says goes. We have got to stop figuring out what part of the Bible we want to obey and what part we just want to forget. And we've got to realize if it's in the book, we live it. We're biblicists. We believe the word of God. We preach the word of God, but we don't just believe the word of God and preach the word of God. We live the word of God. Make no provisions for the flesh. You know what we need to simply do? There's some areas in our life we just need to stop. We just need to stop. Put it away. And stop allowing our flesh to make plans for our life. Because the hour is late The alarm is sounding in America. In church, I challenge us today, who is going to awake? Who is going to rise? And who is going to live for Jesus Christ in this dark hour? Would you bow in prayer with me, please? Father, 
time for us to awake. As Paul says, the night is far spent. We've held on to our sin long enough. We've slept long enough. We've been busy about our life and our wants and our needs for long enough. It's time to put Christ first. Spirit of God, would you work in this place, please? We need you. We need you to convict. We need you to heal. We need you to mend broken hearts. We need you to convict. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you stand with me this morning just in an, an attitude of prayer we, as we have this invitation time? first question for all of us today do you know Jesus Christ as your savior it's hard to awaken out of sleep if you don't know what to awaken to do you know Christ as your savior are you saved are you born again I'm not asking us are you a religious person if you've been baptized or if you're a member of a church. I'm asking you, have you trusted in the finished work of the cross? Jesus Christ went to the cross. He shed his blood. As we sang about this morning, there is a fountain filled with blood. There's a fountain. That fountain has the blood of Jesus Christ. It is, it is the payment for all of mankind's sin. Anything you've ever done, everything you ever will, the sin that you have committed, Jesus Christ died for. What greater love is that? He went to the grave. He rose again on the third day, the Bible says, conquering sin, conquering death. And whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. We believe he died for them, all mankind. God loved you so much that he gave his son to be the, the sin debt, the payment for your sin. You're guilty of sin. A payment had to be made. There is nothing you could do to, to merit God's favor, but Jesus Christ left heaven came to this earth and died upon that cross, cruel death, so that you could be a son of God, a child of God, a daughter of God. I wonder if there's one here today, you would say, I need to trust Christ as my savior. Today, I wanna to receive that gift of salvation. I want to be saved today. I wanna to trust Christ as my savior. Is there one today that you would say, would you pray with me today? I want to be saved today. I want to trust Christ as my savior. Just simply raise your hand and slip it back down. And we're going to, we're going to pray with you today. We want an opportunity to show you how you can know for sure that heaven is your home. Is there one like that today? You would raise your hand. Let us pray with you.
we'll pray for that. We'll pray for Pastor Marin has cataract surgery, so we'll remember that this week. I wonder who, how many are here though today and you would say this, just in your heart, I, I need to awaken. I need a reminder. The night is far spent. high time to awake out of sleep. There's apostasy in the church. There's apathy in our hearts. There's anarchy in our nation, in this world. And there has to be, there has to be a church that'll stand for righteousness. Paul says, walk honestly. Maybe there's some here today that you are truthfully in your heart, you're saying, I'm not walking honestly. There's things that I'm giving to my flesh. There's things I'm involved in. Maybe maybe no one even knows. Maybe it's just simply an apathetic heart. You don't care. You're lost a heart for God, the things of God. It just got dry and worn and tired. Church, would you rate where you're at? Would you pray, God, revive my heart. Revive my heart. Do a work in me. I don't want to live for the things of this world. Jesus Christ is coming again. And we need to be found occupying. How many of you would say this with an upraised hand? God is working in my heart. I don't want to sleep. I want to be found awake. I want to be found living. I want to be found occupying when Jesus comes. I know his soon return. And I want to be found faithful when he returns. How many of you would say, that's my prayer, that's my desire today? I want you to lift your hand up. I want you to leave it up as we raise our hearts, our hands, our voices to the Lord. Father in heaven, you see our hands. You know our hearts. God, we do realize that time is short. James said, life is as a vapor. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. But Lord, with hands raised now, we are identifying that we know that it's time to awake and we're asking you to revive our hearts. We're asking you to give us strength. We're asking you to to help us live a life of glory and honor to our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we be found living for righteousness. Help us to put away the things, put off those things that Paul described here in this chapter put off the things of our flesh and our lust and put on Jesus. May we be found faithful in this generation. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name and for his glory.